All righty, I want to welcome on my next guest. We got longtime New York Giant, New York Jet, NFL coach. He does it all. Sam Garns has Sam. How's everything going for you? Everything's going well, you know, considering the times that we're in right now. Everything's going pretty well. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking time. So um, so you're you're still in the New York area, right? So you, Yeah, I'm in New Jersey. I'm in the northern part of New Jersey, right across the bridge. You know, oh, cool. I can't never be too far away from home. Nah. Even when I worked out of town, coached in different towns, I always had a place in New Jersey. And New York, the Bronx, I grew up in the Bronx. I, oh, cool. Not necessarily uh, living there right now, but I'm close enough to, to see my family members all the time. My, my mother's from Westchester, so we're always, always going around there. Oh, I know that really well. Yeah. Really well. Yeah. I live steps away from Mount Vernon and Yonkers. Oh, cool. No, yeah, that, the Westchester Mall used to be, I remember, like, back in the day. Exactly. And everything. Everybody was there. <laughs> that was the first mall I've ever got charged for parking for, ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't, you know, I was too young, so I don't remember. I used to just go tag along with my mother, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, so yeah. We got older. We just, we wasn't yeah. driving. We was like either walking yeah. or taking a bus or something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. So is, is, the, is the, I know uh, a couple months ago, New York, Jersey weren't doing so well with the case, but you guys really got a good right. handle on it. Is every is it kind of manageable now? Is, how is kind it of, It's kind of manageable right now. I believe in my opinion, I feel like, you know, it's been around and I don't want to say we have herd immunity, yeah. but it's kind of baffling the, the numbers. It's a, the test, the amount of people being tested is going up, but the percentage of people that have it is, dropping like oh, almost every time they do it so good. it's going well i think a lot of people around here do a good job of wearing masks uh separating and even when i'm in a park near me you know you'll see people have their masks all the time oh, cool. and not, not everyone does it but for the most part a lot of us are doing it. or do you have any hesitations about nfl season are you confident nfl season only, only hesitation i have is you know as things start to unfold in college yeah. you know you, there's a lot of nfl players that have concerns on their own you know yeah. it's a money business so you can't get mad at NFL trying to make it work so they can so they can have a money grab over the next couple of months because it's been a lot of money lost yeah. and they want to be able to get their hands on what they can but it's a lot of players that already bowed out yeah. you know took the money and I don't want to say ran but they made the right decision well they got to pay it back next year so that's going to be a whole that's, other issue that's intriguing to me I didn't know that initially I found out recently, I think it's kind of it's I think it's kind of I don't like the. I understand it's a lot of money that they kind of like just can't lose. But like, if guys, I know, I know they said it comes out of the next next year's contract was guaranteed. Right. But if guys get cut or aren't doing it, you're not going to go chasing down guys. You can't do that. Some some teams will, some teams won't, but some teams will. Yeah. And but like I said, so uh, right now, you know, we got to grasp one things around here, around the country. You know, they everybody seemed like to be pointing a finger at us early in the. Yeah. And now it's kind of going up everywhere else. And yeah. We just hope they have this, a speedy recovery as well. Definitely, definitely. So I want to ask you a little about your early career. So I saw you. Okay. Uh, so Cincinnati, how, how, how did they get in your radar? So I, uh, uh, like I said, I played my football in the Bronx, played New Clinton High School. And at the time, our coach at the time did not have a lot of connections. You know, he was just becoming the head coach, getting for what coach we had prior to. He did. But that didn't really help me. My rival coach from John F. Kennedy, uh, Jerry Horowitz, like a, a team we did not like at all. The police had to be at the end of the games because not only because of players, not because of fans only, but our Chili's were fighting when the game was over. It was that really the rivalry. We did not. I did not talk to them. As a matter of fact, my senior year, I didn't get to play play against them because I tore my ligaments in my ankle a week before, and I just thought it was over. And then this coach, he reached out to all the coaches that were coming into his school and pointing them to my school. And I got a bunch of uh, scholarship offers. When I went to University of Cincinnati, you know, the funny thing about that is the November prior to, so it was 2000, excuse me, 1991, 
uh, November 1991. I watched them play Penn State. They got beat by Penn, they got beat by Penn State by 81 points, 81-0. Me, you know, me and my friends in my neighborhood was like, I'll never go to that school. We clowning <laughs> it, you know. And then four or five months later, I accepted scholarship because when I went there, I saw a bunch of guys and coaches that really wanted to have success and they were really working at it and talking to everyone individually. They really wanted it. I wanted to be a part of something like that. So I, that's why I ended up going. When you were there, was, was the NFL on your radar at all, or were you just kind of focused on college? NFL was on my radar, and so I'm so 13 years old. So 1987, NFL was my, in my mind. That doesn't mean it, it was going to work. It just worked yeah. out. I knew in my mind. So that doesn't mean I could tell the future. In my mind, I knew I was going to be in the NFL. I, there was never any doubt. Anytime, I, always, I was very competitive. Uh, my technique wasn't great, but I don't care who it was in the New York City area. They were good. Me and my friends would go to their neighborhood. And when we leave, they was going to know I was better than them. Oh, cool. and that was my mentality. I, I, you know, we didn't have social media. So when I trained and we had guys, and I'm thinking about how great guys are in California, in Tennessee, Louisiana, all these different great places, Florida. Uh, I just had to imagine that they were outworking me and I had to outwork my imagination. And that it paid off for me. And, but I really believe when I, when, when I went to college, even though I was at Cincinnati, even though I first walked in campus, I was like third or fourth string. That, that, I moved up pretty quickly, but I never let that put self-doubt. I never, never allowed that to creep into my mind. So what was your draft process like? So uh, coming out, my junior, after my junior year, I was, number, I was like tied for number two interceptions. I uh, had, a, had a great junior year. My coaches talked me out of going to NFL, and I, I just didn't know any better, so I stayed. And when I stayed, I had to end up having a job in the summer that paid me good money, but it took a toll on my body. And then as the season started, I, I felt like I wasn't prepared, not just because of that. I wasn't thinking that. I'm looking back on that now. So, man. But I just felt like I wasn't saying I didn't have the same juice. The first game, I had probably about 20 scouts in the stadium to see me. I did not play very well. Oh, wow. I played I play poorly. I ended up playing, having a decent year. I didn't play as good as I normally played because my mind, I believe, was at the next level. And... Long story short, after the draft, I mean, after the combine and everything, talked to, uh, I think I talked to, I forgot what team, or Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They told me they was going to draft me in the second round. So I was kind of excited. I still was down. But I, thought, I thought it was a first-round pick. Yeah. And I was down. I thought I was going to draft in the second round. And as it, as it came around, they didn't draft me. Next thing you know, I got the biggest headache ever in the history. You know, I'm telling my friends I'm getting drafted. We think about having a, a, a draft party. So that just, that just screwed my, my, my day up, my weekend up. And then next thing you know, come fifth round, team that I did not expect at all, New York Giants, my hometown New York Giants, uh, drafted me. And I still wasn't that excited, but I was happy to go back home. I wasn't that excited, and I was on a mission. And I remember being in the locker room, speaking, I mean, being in the weight room, I saw Jim Foster, who was the head coach at the time. I told him I'm going to be a starting safety. He kind of laughed at me. He kind of like laughed it off. He didn't think that he wasn't like making fun of me. But he laughed because I'm pretty sure all rookies talk tough like that. Yeah. But I really meant it. And by the last piece of the game, I was starting. I started every game in my career except for one. That's awesome. The question, most annoying NFC East fan base? I'm going to say annoying. And you know, you know, you already know the answer to this. I don't even yeah. know. It's yeah. a setup. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to say annoying. But at the same time, believe it or not, there's a profound respect. Philadelphia Eagles. There's no question. And some people can make the case for Dallas Cowboys because they – they could be seven and nine, yeah. and their fans still think they're the number one team in the yeah. NFL, which is, I, we do respect that. Yeah. But the Eagles, like, we really did not like each other. The New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles did not like each other at all. 
and that just happened to be my first pre, my first game of the season, oh, wow. my rookie season. And I ended up getting an interception, taking it back 95 yards to preserve the win for my team. And that felt great because I know, I remember Carl Banks and Randall Cunningham, all these great players, all these great players watching. I grew up a New York Jet fan, but uh, I knew, you know, when you, I knew what their, uh, the rivalry was about. But then when you go, you face them, their crowd, they do not give you a break. They're, that crowd is as good as the old Oakland Raiders fan. Wow. I mean, they really, they support their team and they hate your team. And they're going to call you everything in a book. They're going to make you very uncomfortable for the game. But the great thing about it, I built a rapport with some of the fans that we used to chew each other out. And at the end of the games, every time I played in Philadelphia, we used to all meet up in a, in a stadium somewhere on the way oh. to the buses. And I used to speak to the fans. So I, earned, I gained a lot of respect for them. That's awesome. Through the process. Did, were you, did you have any, like, jitters or anything about performing for, like, your hometown team with that big of a fan base? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I was a person that tried to deny those jitters, that feeling that you had being nervous. I tried to overcome it somehow, some way. But, but you know, you get in a game and you are a, a rookie and you're in the, in the huddle with guys like Michael Strahan, Jesse Armstead, Jason Seahorn, all Corey Miller, Keith Hamlin. I mean, there's so many great players I was playing with that I looked at, looked, looked up to and seen them play when I was just a year ago in college. And, you know, you go out there, you want to play well for them. So I was a little bit nervous at some point, but once I get that big hit or get that big contact, that all went away. I have a question. Was, was, did you play with Justin Tuck? Was he in any of those teams? Justin Tuck was after me. You know, okay. He played probably about two or three. He, still, he lives in my neighborhood now. Oh, cool. He, 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 uh, we had a same agent. And so I knew him, knew of him pretty well, of course, watching him in college. Yeah. And then once he came, he, he, he worked with my agent, then, you know, that, that, he's a great man. Great yeah. man. I wish I had a chance to play with him. That front four that he had with him amazing. and the rest of those guys. OC, OC Menorah. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, that, was a, that, was, that was one of the great four, yeah. front fours that don't get the respect that they no. deserve. Not they get all. it here, but not nationally. They no. don't get the respect they deserve. I think people forget how impactful Justin Tuck was. Strahan got all the headlines, but Tuck right. was incredible. He was, Tuck was versatile. Played yeah. outside, played inside. Yeah. He could stand up. Did a lot of things, you know. Really good. Yeah. Who was the toughest receiver for you to cover? So I didn't really have to cover too many receivers being at safety. Like they tried to keep me out of the way. Yeah. You know, at that time, because I was a box safety. Yeah. And, but um, I know playing against, you know, most people don't want to hear it. Terrell Owens is a beast. He was one. I mean, it's so many great – Randy Moss. I mean, I, I, I played against some of the greatest players that ever played a yeah. game at the time with Randy Moss. And Terrell Owens, I didn't play against Jay Rice, but he's a little bit older in his career. He still was, he still was giving everybody help. Yeah. But I would say between Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, I'm, 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 you know, guys that were in yeah. uh, St. Louis at the time, those receivers that was in St. Louis, oh, yeah. they were really good too. They was good as a unit. They were good individually, but they was good as a unit as well. But I just know when you play against Terrell Owens, if you didn't come to a play, he was going to embarrass you. Just, he's going to run through you, run by you. And then Randy Moss, He's the only guy that I know. I don't care how tough. You know, a lot of NFL players, especially DBs, have this bravado. Yeah. Maybe at times false bravado. And we think that we're, we're great. And we think that no one can touch us. But when we played against Randy Moss, we all backed up. Wow. You can see it on tape. It was very visible. You can see a guy 14 yards back when he should be 10 yards back. Because wow. he was that, that great. Who, who was the best trash talker you ever went up against? Uh, wow. Usually, me and my teammates were the ones doing trash talking. <laughs> but if I would have to say, uh, 
I forget his name, but believe it or not, the Dallas Cowboys, one of the offensive linemen, I don't know if it was Flotel I mean, Adams or Eric Williams. Like, it's not so much that they talk a lot of trash. Yeah. I just, you know, playing the NFC East, you know, our D-line knew them. Yeah. And I'm the new guy. Them, or, you know, I'm the new guy around. So I remember once I was talking a lot, and I saw one of those guys tell, like, Keith Hamilton to somebody, you tell that little guy, but like, he was mouth <laughs> <laughs> I said, And he, the way he said it, you know, I, I would not allow him to know it. But he, that was intimidating. That was intimidating. <laughs> and it was cool, though. But, you know, that's, that, you know, that's things you learn as a rookie. But, but those guys were pretty tough. And, of course, Deion Sanders. The thing I love about Deion Sanders was he talked, but he outworked to talk. Yeah. He come, I believe he's one of those guys that talked a lot because he wanted you to, of course, pay attention to him. Yeah. And that put a little bit of pressure on you to have a great week of preparation. And then come game day, he puts it all together. And that, that guy, like, he was a student of the game, and I learned a lot from him. But he's one of my favorite players, too. It's another guy who kind of did something like that. Kind of, kind of reminds me of like kind of Kevin Garnett a little bit. Oh, yeah, Kevin Garnett, same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Deion, Kevin Garnett definitely – Without doubt, talked a lot. We know that he was one of the great. <laughs> he players to play he there. got so sweaty, like two minutes into the game, he was yeah. drenched. I'm like, yes. where have you been? I know, hey, I know, I know, <laughs> I know where that comes from because it happens to me all the time. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, we'd be working out, and like people are like, man, what's wrong with you? We just started, but I don't know something. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from, but yeah, I just got that sweat thing that goes. That's wild. That's wild. What what was kind of like the the your, the standout moment for you with your time with the Giants? Great. A couple, that's another good question. So besides the like, interception as a rookie. Yeah. Did you keep that ball? Did the 95 yard, did you keep the ball? Yes, I still right, had that ball. Right, no cool. question about that. So uh, it was against Roddy Pete, and we was playing Eagles, and we was up by seven, and they was marching down. And they was probably like on a 35-yard line, threw an interception, took it back from the five, and all the way back to when, to, you know, to score a 95-yard touchdown. That was a moment, since I spoke on that already, definitely going to Super Bowl. Even yeah. though we lost, it's something – well, when you go to Super Bowl, you have about – I think we had we had a 10-game win streak. Might have been like seven or eight games during the regular season and two games during, during the playoffs before we uh, got to Super Bowl. And that means we went a couple of buys mixed in there. So that yeah. means we had about 12 to 13 weeks of no losses. And that's just a surreal feeling as an NFL player. You know, you first come to the NFL, you think, I'm going to be different than anybody else. I'm winning all the games I'll play. That, that's not how it works. They get paid too. And they have a lot of talent as well. So to be in a stretch where you don't lose a game for like 12 weeks or something like that was amazing. And also to jump on top of that, to combine with that would be the NFC Championship where you beat Randy Moss and Chris Carter and Dante Culpepper, Robert Smith, beat them 41 zip. And that was, that was incredible. I heard that the Ravens were so glad you guys beat Minnesota because I heard they were scared of them. Well, I would, I would, I'll be, be shocked if they were scared of them, not the Ravens, because, you know, when we watched them on TV, well, offensively, they yeah. definitely had to Yeah, because they had CC, CC and Moss? They had, yes. But wow. the thing about it is, I don't think, I don't think they had, uh, they, they had, yeah, they had Randy Moss and CC. But Did they have Randall? Think, was, Rand, was Randall the QB? No, no, it was Dante Culpepper. Oh, okay. Dante Culpepper was the quarterback at that time. But I don't think they was afraid. I think what they believed was that they was a it was a better matchup for them with our offense. Yeah. Not that they wouldn't do good against the other team. No. But they really felt like they could clamp down our offense. I knew a couple yeah. guys on that on that defense, and I just knew. I remember I, during the game, it was a play where 
They made a tackle. Ray Lewis ran down Tiki Barber in a way that has not happened all year. And I felt like when that happened, that took the air out of our offense, which kind of lingered and kind of was passed on to our defense as well. Interesting. Triple down to our defense. I have a question. As a as, as somebody from New York, playing in New York for basically your your, your whole career, you know, the right. game's in Jersey, you played in New York. Yes. Um, is there a lot of distractions, especially knowing people, like with all the people around? Like I'm thinking like this year with, with all the guys in there, like, all right, we're going to make sure guys do their thing. But you're in these big cities, and you're like the kings walking around these cities. And for you, you're from there. Was it, right. was it, was it, was it hard to kind of manage everything? Yeah. Excuse my language, but I'm an asshole. <laughs> I, I, it was never a problem for me, not oh, at all, because I had my mentality, I had my mindset. I heard a bunch of players talking about that being an issue for them. Yeah. I wasn't gonna let that. I had the mindset: if you wasn't supporting me in high school, in college, I'm not. I'm not even cool. thinking. I don't care how long I knew you. If you wasn't supporting me, so I had a few members of my family, a friend or two, that I made sure they were taken care of. Oh, cool! Everything else, I would did not allow distraction. That's wild. What was it like, 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 like going out like after a big win in New York? Oh, you, the bar? I can't tell you everything. Not everything. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, you skipped to the front of the line, I assumed. B- bottle service, everything. I would say that. That's so. With that being said, whenever it was a place called, we had like a a restaurant called. I, I remember Tiger Woods and a bunch of sports people owned it, and it was in Manhattan. And it was a Hollywood something. It was yeah. Hollywood something. They had it. They also had the same place in Vegas. Anyway, you oh, know. Planet Planet Hollywood. Planet Hollywood. I don't even know if they're still around. They still around? It might have been one more. I don't, have, know. I don't even know if it was still around. Planet Hollywood, another place. But I think they had the big Hollywood. globe outside, right? The, yes, and yeah. it was right on top, right in Times Square. So when we go up there, and we were the better team. We we got sat down before the Jets, and vice versa. So my, as, as we just wanted to win. We just wanted to win the game. I felt like at that time the Jets wanted to beat us, and our mindset was we wanted to just do well, and that would put us in a position that we needed to be to yeah. in the city. So definitely going out, definitely a lint, winning games lent lent you the opportunity to get some favorable situations. Oh, cool! But not really. That might happen oh, really? more like in Green Bay or yeah. Texas or something like that. Green Bay, New York, we got. They give me the key to. They give you the key to the city in Green Bay. You Correct. Gonna... <laughs> Correct. Which is great. Which, yeah. you know, we all like. But yeah. in New York, you got business owners. Yeah. You got rappers. You got all kind of actors and actors. And music. Just, you, fall, you just get in line here. Like, yeah. They don't need you. So only way that you stand out is by having success. Yeah, that's awesome. And then how did you decide to, to make the move to the Jets? Because I assume you didn't have to move. I feel like that's the easiest right. transition in the NFL. Definitely, definitely. But, you know, <laughs> Jets were in Long Island. I didn't have to move. There's a Long Island. And I was based in northern New Jersey. And the problem with that is at that time, especially with traffic, oh, yeah. it could be a three-hour drive. So I had to get a place out there as well. Three hours? It could be. It's yeah. like, so I drive, no traffic, 50 minutes. The time I had to go to work, you go through like three or four different traffic zones, it's definitely going to take two hours. And wow. I remember one time, not exaggerating, this is the exact number, on Christmas Eve, we got to work early, about 1 o'clock. I didn't get home until 7 o'clock. Because of traffic, crazy snow what? and traffic could it, literally six hours on a forty-five minute drop. Did, did Santa? Don't forget that. Did Santa crash his sleigh in Manhattan? He must have something. He must have <laughs> put salt in the middle or pepper in the middle of the street or something like that. Because I don't know, it, it, it was snowing as well. Like it was, it was a combination of traffic, like Christmas traffic and the snow, which is bad. It's bad. Right. Just, rain, I get rain. home, my daughter's like two. 
like, I think she's like three years old at the time. She's looking sad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, 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 ruined, I, like, I ruined Christmas for everybody. I think you say like, yeah, the reindeer got loose in, in uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> at the, yeah, at, at Rockefeller Center. Um, mm-hmm. That's and I have a question. So, um, how did you transition into coaching? Because I know you you worked with John Fox, right? So that's that was it. So I remember when I was done playing, I coached high school for one year, and then I uh, then the same coach that got me the scholarship from from uh, John F. Kennedy High School in the Bronx. He was working with he's happy work with the NFL. He got me into coaching with NFL Europe. Oh, cool. They needed uh, an intern. I was going to get paid a little bit of money to be an intern, to be a DB coach. Uh, and then one of the coaches either, like, took another job. I think he took another job. And then everybody moved up. So I became a DB coach. Oh, cool. And that was phenomenal. And I, my first time coaching NFL Europe. So then after that, I did a couple internships with people I knew. Sean Payton was on my staff. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, Sean Payton was on my staff, and it was the New York Giants. He was our offensive coordinator. We had a great rapport. So I did an internship with him. And then I did, first I did internship with uh, John Fox. Then I did internship with him. And then in 2008, I did like a coaching visit, or 2009 coaching visit to internship with John Harbaugh, the oh, cool. Baltimore Ravens, who was the only coach, him and his special team coach, John Rosberg. Uh, he, he, they were the only ones to be with me for five years in Cincinnati. So I, I got out with them. That's and awesome. then after that, Coach Fox had an assistant special team position open. I did not want to be a assistant special team, but he told me, Sam, just, just get in the NFL best way you can and we'll move, move forward, get you where you need to be. And that's what he did. One year with Carolina, then we went to Denver, Denver Broncos. I was a safety coach. With Denver. That's awesome. That, 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 I think Denver's defense a couple years ago, it slept on. Denver, Denver in general, that's a, a city that Jim Fossil, when he was my head coach, I used to tell him how much I like going to other places. He said, Sam, you need to go to Denver. And I never really believed him. I, mean, I kind of wanted to go, but I was always going to think of a million other places to go first. When I lived there, one of the great places. Like it, I think what I like about it so much is not like home, so I didn't compare it. Yeah. I just enjoyed it. And it yeah. was great. It was a great living option. Cool. What, what was the like the elevation like? Altitude, when you first get there, I don't care who you are, I don't care what type of shape you're in, walking up and down the steps, Will make you feel like you're about to pass time. I, I heard if you. I heard you could get drunk off one beer. You get drunk off one or two beers. That's great. <laughs> now the bad, the sad, bad, or the good thing is when you come back to the East Coast or West Coast. I mean, like where it's not the altitude is not high. Yeah. Uh, you could drink like a fish because you don't get as drunk when you come. That's why you come to New York. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. It's like training day. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's incredible. That's wild. Um, what are your thoughts on the Giants' current group? What do you do you like Daniel Jones? What are your thoughts on the whole? I like ball? Daniel Jones. I want to see how he is. Of course, with you know holding on to the ball. And yeah, he turned it over in every game. Nobody realized. I'm really watching every game. I'm like pick, fumble, every yeah. every game. It's Everything horrible. else is great, but yeah. you just have a super bad play here and yeah. there, you know. But I really like his ability outside of that. And I, I man, it was Saquon. And all the guys they have on off, I think the old lines will come together. I do. I well, they do. lost. What's his name? He bopped it out. Yes, uh, yes. I have the to attack. Yeah. For the Patriots, yes. Yeah. He opted it out. And, but I think they have a, a young receiver call that's going to do what Daniel Jones wants him to do, which is important. Sometimes when you have a young quarterback, you don't really want a receiver that has clout or yeah. has uh, the respect of the locker room because he might be able to demand something. And people look at Daniel like he's a problem. It's not really yeah. no. So. I, I, I like this group that he has, but uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how this year go. I mean, it's just it's just a it's hard for me to yeah. to even guess because 
who knows what everybody's doing in preparation. I don't think this is this is a weird year, and I just I hope they have a good season. It wasn't fun going to the games as much last year. He was working that butts off, but they just it just weren't just didn't click last year. I hope this year they do. What are your thoughts on the secondary? I know they brought in Bradbury. They got Jabril Peppers. Yeah, so they had Jabril Peppers. They had the one guy that just got in trouble who was uh, – Oh, yeah. He – I don't know what the hell he was doing. That's crazy. That's, I'm like looking at it, and I'm crazy. like – I don't, I don't I'm like, I don't know the details, but like either. as soon as I saw it, I'm like, this is not going to be good. Not good, especially now when they dropped the charges on the other guy. Yeah, Dunbar's uh, he's good. Yeah, yeah. DeAndre Baker, DeAndre Baker. Uh, you know, and I didn't really expect. I just wanted. To, I was looking forward to see what type of jump he's gonna have this yeah. year. Last year, he didn't play first round pick. And but the secondary they have, you know, we, I'm just so I'm so confused this year. But I I do look forward to seeing Jabril Peppers play. Yeah, I really like him. I, I, I follow him since college. He's from yeah. the area. Yeah. Uh, he, oh, I forgot he's he, from. I forgot he's from Jersey. He's, he's Orange, New Jersey. Yeah. And he's like, so he's at home. But when I watch him and his preparation, I thought it was. I thought he's put on a show. I think he's a guy that gets locked in, and the best players get locked in. Like I, I had the fortunate opportunity to be around a guy like Peyton Manning. Yeah. When you got a guy like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, those guys raise the level of the players around them. And I feel like Jabril Peppers will do that with his team. Interesting, interesting. That's wild. That's wild. Well, this has been a ton of fun. So I just wanted to thank you again for taking the time oh, to man. chat. And then for people that are trying to find you on social media, oh, one other question. I saw you have a foundation. Yeah, Sam Gaunt's foundation. And basically, it deals with not just inner city youth. I, I, like I work with inner city youth. I also work with suburban kids. Oh, cool. I'm big on trying to, you know, build our kids' mentality and through sports, but get an opportunity. We're in New York City area, and we have everything here. So there's a lot of kids that's, that's in poor neighborhoods that I grew up with, really that right near, like, some of the best things that life has to offer, but never really get to see it or be a part of it. And my goal is to bring some of those kids from the inner city and some of the kids from the suburbs, mix them in together, okay. and go do different events and awesome. just kind of build their mindset and teach them that it's more than just being an athlete, yeah. more than just being a musician. And you could you could be a you could be a doctor. I, I like to take them to Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren went to my high school. Really? So, way before me, his real name is Ralph Lipschitz. And that I did not know. That's, that's not. That is, that's not. You can't market that as well. No. <laughs> well, I don't want to say that, but <laughs> Ralph Lauren does have a, a good Polo name. Ralph Lipschitz doesn't really just yeah. ring off the tongue as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would like to say that's a good name for the record, but yeah. Ralph, Ralph Lauren is a real catchy name for, yeah. for, like, for clothing. And so, but, so I like to, you know, give those guys an opportunity to be around that's people awesome. like that so they can see there's a lot out there for a yeah. lot of opportunities out there. And right before the pandemic, I went back to my elementary school, and our goal was to help raise – uh, funds to get these guys a gym. They have no gym in the school. Really? It's amazing. They, if you go to my, my Instagram, at Sam Garns yeah. 241 or at Sam Garns Football Academy, you'll see me do a visit to PS16 Elementary School and they're playing gym inside a classroom. Are you kidding? It's really, it really broke my heart to see it. And the kids were doing it with a smile on their face because they don't know anybody. And this is in New York City where we have as much money. I don't care what's going on. We have as much money as anybody. And so that's my thing. So as school gets back going, yeah. we'll get back rolling. And, that's awesome. You know, right now it's just a sensitive time. But, again, you can follow me at Sam Garns 241 or at Sam Garns Football Academy or at Sam Garns uh, Foundation. I have a website for that, www.samgarnsfoundation.com. Definitely. I'll link it all into when I when I post this. I can, I can blow it up. Yeah, but I really that, – that's awesome because that's wild. You're playing in a yeah, classroom? Yeah, I've never heard that before.
in a classroom, the same school that when I went to, at times, you know, you, you see kids now that, like my daughter went to a certain school and it'd be like three teachers in there, like 15 to 20 kids. I was in a class, it was like one of us, I mean, one teacher and like between 30 and 40 kids at That's time. insane. Crazy. And if you think about it, as a coach, I realized how much, how difficult that was for that. Yeah. You know, how can, if you got a couple of kids being bad and getting, being mischievous. Yeah. They distracting the rest of the kids, distracting. I was that kid. I was distracting everybody. So I know exactly I what to, it's like. I was trying not to point at myself. But really, so that's just tough. But, yeah. you know, so those type of things, we're going we're gonna to get back involved with those awesome. schools and we're going to build them up. And like I said, also, I want to add to this, we also had a plan to get the NYPD involved. Oh, cool. I know uh, Rodney Harrison, who is the chief of police. Yeah. And I. Different Rodney Harrison. Friend. Different Rodney uh, Harrison. Different. different Rodney Harrison. Uh, yes, that's the reason I remember his name so well is because the other Rodney Harrison. And, uh, this one won't chase my... you. This one can't chase you down as quickly. This, yeah, yeah, other he, one won't, is... he won't be mean when he gets you. <laughs> nah. But he does have a big group of guys that will come and oh, fight. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm but uh, he was a uh, – I met him through my high school classmate, Mel Motri, who was a sergeant and real close with him. And he brought me down to the unrevealing of their uh, – at the time he was doing community police, he was in charge of that. Okay. And I went to like the last event and I saw the way the community was a kind of main thing and the police was just listening. And I told him, I said, you know what would be great? If we could do these, these, some of the police in front of our kids, yeah. instead of telling the kids what they can't do, just listen to them and yeah. tell them how we can help them whatever they want. Absolutely. That's, that's what awesome. they were doing for the community. And that's what I want them to do with our kids. That's awesome. That's, for. That's and there's a lot of great cops that wanted to be involved with it. So yeah. I look forward to getting that going. Absolutely. You know, there's so many cops, especially with everything going on, there's so many cops that are getting a bad name. And I think the majority of cops are, they have, I think the issue is you, you don't want to sell out your, a, a bad cop. And if you don't sell a bad cop, That's it makes you problem. look bad. If, That's if, the problem. If, if, you're, if your job is to police and to promote peace and to uh, and equality and justice, and you see injustice going on in your, with your coworkers, stop it. Right. And That's, That's the, the way we move That's what come down to. And yeah. I'm glad you said that. So, one of the big things of the cops be, coming and being part of the program, it's not just for the kids to see the cops. Yeah. It's for the cops to get to meet some of these kids that's awesome. as in the community yeah. and see that, okay, maybe when he's 16 years old, you see him doing something wrong instead of running him down and, you know, tackling yeah. him and hold him down because you don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. You kind of have you know, understanding who this guy is. Yeah. You go and talk to him and then, you know, calm things a little bit. Yeah, it all starts at the top. You, you got to build that communication and yep. everything. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, this, that's awesome work you, you guys are doing. I'm, I'm happy I'll post that in there and put it in there to show all the great work you guys are doing. But this has been a ton of fun, man. Just wanted to thank you again for taking time to chat. This was great, man. Thank you so much. Great Absolutely. job. Absolutely, appreciate it. Thank you so much, and be well.